Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with my good friend, Tom. Yes, sir. Dorian, thank you so very much for being here, Tom. <laughs> Inside joke just played well, I out. I so very appreciate you <laughs> appreciating that. Anyway, I, it's so good to have you. You know, sometimes, usually, we have, like, we have guests. In we do, and we're guestless. Yeah, but you know Is that what? that a word? Guestless, yes. Mm-hmm. It and is so today. we just made that word, and we'll name a sandwich after it, like we the have the Dorian. sandwich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's the deal. You know, sometimes it's fun. I, I think sometimes just yeah. you and I chit-chatting. Yeah. Uh, it turns out to be some of our better uh, It's better fun material. for us. I don't know about everybody else out there. That's okay. So this is all about having fun for us. And if you guys get something out of this, great. If not, <laughs> tune in next week. Maybe you will. I don't know. Anyway, all that said, yes. uh, you know, I was, I was, I was contemplating Uh-oh. and thinking. That's scary when you, you do know, that. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes when you read scripture, you like have these epiphanies, mm-hmm. to borrow a Catholic word. You have these revelations, these uh, things that just you just realize something. You're on a roll. And there's this sort of thing like where you do that more. There's the what was the V8 thing? You hit yourself in the head and yeah. go, you know, you know. And Should I had a V8. Yeah, and I, so I was, um, I was, I was contemplating the story of Moses mm-hmm. and thinking about Moses, and I, I you know, Lots I just of stories about. There's him, by tons the way. of stuff going on. So which right? one was it? Well, but it's really it's just like sort of big picture Moses stuff. Okay. And I started realizing, especially as we're reading through Exodus and just the whole process and what took place there, really Moses' life, mm-hmm. it, it, it's amazing. And I, I, you know, I'll jump to the end, which is it had a huge impact on what I think is going on in my life. Oh, wow. But we're going to start with just like, who was Moses? What did he did? What did he did? What did he do? There you go. And we, and you know, historians will like divide his life into these segments, like three 40-year segments. Mm-hmm. They like to do it like that. And that and that first segment, we know he's born the son of a, a Hebrew slave, right? Mm-hmm. Then, and that his, his mom uh, puts him in a little Moses basket. To right? spare him. To spare his life and, and sends him down the river. Yep. Uh, where he comes into the hands of Pharaoh's daughter. Right. And he's adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. And by the way, just that Moses being saved through water. Little symbolism. Little prefigurement of baptism. Yeah. But, but you know. That's another show, uh, but anyway. So, he, but he spent forty years essentially as a prince of Egypt, right? As a man of great power and authority, mm-hmm. ruling over others. Mm-hmm. And but then, you know, we know the story. If, we, if you've watched the Ten Commandments, Cecil B. DeMille or whatever, you know the story that uh, Moses saw a Hebrew slave being beaten by an Egyptian, and Moses kills the something stirs in him, and he and he kills the Egyptian, right? Well, so then he's guilty of murdering an Egyptian for the sake of a Hebrew slave. Of course, Moses had a connection to the Hebrews, obviously. Right. And but but still, he was he he fled Egypt in disgrace. Mm-hmm. Right. He just he just he left, and so off into the desert, where he runs into uh, the the daughters of a priest named Midian. Mm-hmm. So this is like the the beginning of his next forty years. So first forty years, he is um, an Egyptian prince. Mm-hmm. Right, who leaves in disgrace. But then these next 40 years he spends in the desert. Essentially, he, he marries one of these daughters of the priest Midian and goes to work for his now father-in-law mm-hmm. uh, as a shepherd. Right. So he spends 40 years tending sheep. Mm-hmm. 
right? All the sheep that are trying to bust out of their ranks and try to whatever and wander, and they don't pay attention to the shepherd. Did kind of a 180. Yeah, it's a whole different life for him. Right. And, and you might think, like, what a total failure. He owned yeah. everything, ran everything, had power, had, you know, he could have all the, whatever, the food and the wine. And, and now he's a shepherd of sheep. Yeah. You know, he's, yep. he's hanging around, and he definitely, as Pope Francis said, smelled like the sheep. He did. He, he literally was there and did this for 40 years. Now, in that, towards the end of that process, something else changes his life, and yeah. he sees a burning bush. Yep. Changed everything. So God, I yeah, I, I am who I am. And so he, he, uh, uh, he, he talks to God, and God essentially has, not, has a plan for him. Mm-hmm. And so here's Moses, who spent 40 years as a Hebrew prince, or a pre-Hebrew, who was an Egyptian prince. Right. Right. And then 40 years as a, a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And then this next 40 years, what's he doing? He's shepherding God's people. He's leading God's people through the, the desert. Because we know this whole story where God had plans for Moses and, and sends him back to Egypt, which, by the way, Moses is like, uh, you want me to go back where? <laughs> right. You know, they probably still have my, my picture up in post offices oh, everywhere. Yeah. You know, they're, they're probably going to try to hunt me down or whatever. But God says, I'm not done with you. Go back and mm-hmm. set my people free. Mm-hmm. And so then we know the whole story about the plagues and all that stuff that goes on that, uh, you know, uh, Pharaoh's hardened heart and mm-hmm. all these things that have to take place. And then finally Moses and the people. And then, of course, he leads them through the Red Sea right. out into the, to, on their way to the promised land but into the desert. And, of course, by the way, leading them through the Red Sea, he saves the Israelites through water. God does another prefigurement of baptism. That's another show. <laughs> so two shows today. Two yeah, extra yeah, shows. Yeah, well, that's not probably the same show. Pre- yeah, prefiguring sure. baptism, but but I guess the point in all that is that led to this forty years in the desert, mm-hmm. leading God's people. Right. And now you stop and think about that. It's like, well, okay, so that's how the story goes. Mm-hmm. But it but it really has started to cause me to wonder. And then also, I guess I felt like uh, maybe God was saying that I needed to tell everybody else they need to wonder. Mm-hmm. About not necessarily comparing themselves to Moses, but seeing in Moses' entire life preparation for something. Sure. Right. And, and again, we'll look at this number 40. We did a show here on like sort of numbers in the Bible. And that number 40 really is like leading to anticipation of some great event. Right. Right. And so you start to realize, uh, you know, 40 weeks of pregnancy. Yeah. 40 weeks of anticipation of something great coming our way. And we, that's why we, we have 40 days of Lent in preparation for the, the Easter mysteries. And, and, and so 40 in the Bible, you know, 40 days and 40 nights of rain, it just means this long period of anticipation and waiting and perhaps even penance done in preparation of such a great uh, event coming. Right. Right. And so we see these 40s in Moses' life, life yep. as preparation for the 40 years of preparation of the people coming to the promised land. Right. Which, and it's another whole story, but Moses didn't get to enter. No. Because he disobeyed God. But that's not the point of the story. The point of this story is that he had a story. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at myself and thinking, well, do I have a story? That's quite an epiphany, by the way. You know, I, I sit there sometimes, and you can turn all the lights off in the house, and all of a sudden, you know, the kids are able to read and whatnot by the light that shines out of my head when I have an epiphany. <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh, dad's light just went on. You yeah. know, another epiphany. Better duck. <laughs> but but I, I think it's good that sometimes all of us will stop and think, what am I being prepared for? Or am yeah. I? Yep. 
and think about this for a second. How many times have we prayed that, you know, Lord, let me know the will that you have for me. Let me know your divine will. Let me know what it is you want me to do. Yeah, because I can't see it right now. Have you ever had times where you're oh, like, oh, man, all the time. And what do you do? Do you just? I just pray. Lord, I, you know, pr- trust. We talked about trust the other day at, at uh, St. Leo's. So you just trust. But, we just trust at some point. But is it, I don't know what's happening here, Do you Lord. think sometimes you can lose trust, though? You can, sometimes can you, can you question Oh, I think because yeah, I, I think, think it's it normal. I think sometimes it gets to be these long pauses between God's revelation to us, or epiphanies, or our realization that oh, God is present. I think I think that's true. I and, think, but you just have to again just trust, go out on faith. Okay, and just so keep stepping forward. so the thing is, you step forward, you persevere, right? You keep right. moving forward, you keep right. praying, you keep doing, keep praying, keep talking. It, it, I tell keep people trusting. like they say, "I've been praying, but I don't hear anything from God," and right. and and I and I hear this silence in it. And I liken it, I think maybe you were with me one time when we were talking to somebody who was talking about not getting anything out of prayer. And I said, you know, but the reality is if you, like, were overweight and you started dieting tonight, you would not wake up tomorrow morning and have this these six-pack abs. No. Right? It takes time. And there's, there's right. like, this, it, it's just an, a little-by-little little thing. And you don't even necessarily notice it's happening until you suddenly realize right. that the scale has moved the needle a lot. Right. And so maybe sometimes that's the way God works in our lives. And this sometimes there's a, there's a silence. But really what I'm thinking is that that silence is part of the preparation. Maybe not the silence, but maybe he's very vocal to us in ways that we just don't understand. Right. Where Moses seemingly has this life of disgrace, uh, the prince of Egypt, and like, I'm useless to anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll marry this pretty girl, one of the priest Midian's daughters, and I'll become a shepherd. Yeah. And I'll just, my waning years, I'll just, whatever, you know. And he does that, thinking that he's done. And he might have looked at that as 40 years of silence. I don't know. He might have looked at that as God not really being there. And he would have conversations with God, I understand. But but sometimes in our lives, we don't realize that maybe we had something great. Maybe we fell. Maybe by disgrace. Maybe we did something. Maybe we sinned. Maybe we didn't. But when the tables turn, when something different happens... We need to look at that as an opportunity for like, well, God, what do you, what do you have in store for me now? Right. What, what is it that you're preparing me for? Because you look at Moses' life and God wanted him to lead his people. He wanted him to shepherd the Israelites, his children, to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Right. And we see in that this image of people getting to heaven, right, getting to the promised land. And, and, and so the shepherd is the one that leads them. And so what better way to prepare someone to be a shepherd? Mm-hmm. Than to be a shepherd, right? Right. Yeah. So the, the best way to present to, to prepare someone to lead people is to be a shepherd, especially because sheep sometimes are a little obstinate. A little, right? Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna push out. They're gonna want to do their own thing, right? You know, and so sometimes it's a good thing to uh, to to let people know that you know it's not always easy, no. you know. And so God's preparing you. He prepared Moses in that way. He did, but also he let Moses be a prince of Egypt. It was the perfect formula, wasn't it? I, I guess. In hindsight, we can always look back and say, hey. If you're, if you're a prince of Egypt, you're wait, rubbing elbows with yeah. the big shots and you know how to communicate and, you and know, move. Exactly. Move and you and spoke with authority. Right. Right. And so. Then you're, then the next thing you know, you're humbled. You're a shepherd. Yeah. So you got, come together. Yeah. Isn't that amazing how yeah, that, that crashes is, together? And then, then. And so back to your question, that's us. And you just keep trusting and keep praying right. and keep per- persevering and moving forward. And then at some point, hopefully you get to look back and go, oh. Yeah. I see what I was preparing And even for. ask God, because Moses would say to God, you know, who, me? You, you, right. Are you talking to me? Right. Are you looking behind me? Or <laughs> you, I'm the guy who's going to lead <laughs> right. these people? All right. 
whatever. But then when he gets into it, he's into it exactly. and makes it happen. So we have more to talk about that life story and realizing that we have our own life story uh, to tell, yep. but to examine, but also to see where are we going. Uh, we'll talk about that in the next uh, segment here. But before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website. It, w- is great. W- it is wonderful. It is. TheCatholicCafe.com. Go and visit it. You can hear all our old shows. You can examine some links, some Catholicism and whatnot. Yeah. But also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, DeaconJeff at TheCatholicCafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Dominic de Guzman was born of a wealthy family of nobility in Spain in 1170. When she became pregnant, his mother had a vision that her unborn son was a dog who would set the world on fire with the torch that he carried in his mouth. St. Dominic would grow up to found the Order of the Friars Preachers, and the image of the dog carrying a torch would forever become associated with his Dominican order. St. Dominic loved learning. In school, he excelled in theology and philosophy, but he also practiced great charity. On one occasion, he had a collection of fine religious books hand-printed on parchment. He sold them all so that he could distribute the money to the poor. I could not bear to prize dead skins, he said, when living skins were starving and in need. St. Dominic was a tireless fighter of heresy and felt a strong call to defend the Catholic Church to all who would challenge her teaching. But sometimes he would get discouraged because no matter how hard he fought, heresy still remained. But as the story goes, the Virgin Mary came to him in a vision and showed him a wreath of roses which represented the rosary. She instructed St. Dominic to pray the rosary daily and share the devotion with everyone he encountered. If he did this, the Blessed Mother told him, the truth of God would surely triumph over heresy. Tradition also tells us that one day he had a vision of a beggar who, just like St. Dominic, was destined for wonderful accomplishments for the faith. On the next day, that very beggar was standing in front of St. Dominic, who reached out, embraced the beggar, and told him, You are my companion and must walk with me. If we hold together, no earthly power can withstand us. That beggar was none other than St. Francis of Assisi. At his baptism, St. Dominic's mother saw a star shining in his chest, and for this reason, St. Dominic is the patron of astronomers. He is frequently depicted with a star above his head in classic art. His successor as Master General of the Dominican Order, Jordan of Saxony, said of St. Dominic, Nothing disturbed the even temper of his soul except his quick sympathy with every sort of suffering. And as a man's face shows whether he is happy or not, it was easy to see from his friendly and joyous countenance that he was at peace inwardly. St. Dominic died in the summer of 1221. His feast day is August 4th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm still Deacon Jeff. Nothing's changed in the last few minutes. And gosh. I'm thankful for that. I, I know you are. Yeah. And I don't, I don't blame you. I don't um, know what I would do if you changed. But did you know what? You're my sidekick. And so I'm glad you're here too, Tom Dorian, sitting here. And we're talking about life stories. And I know uh, we just spent a lot of time talking about Moses and how God prepared Moses to be 
the shepherd of his people. Right. And that was an epiphany for you and your it life. It was because I started looking at my own life. I started thinking like, well, wait a second. Was I ever an Egyptian prince? No. I, li- I used to listen to Prince records, but Check. that's not all different. Uh, you know, 1999 and all that. But 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 that's it's not, another show. That's a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but I did look at my life and start thinking like, well, wait a second. What am I doing right now? What what am I doing? I'm sitting here in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Who'd have thunk that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a deacon in the Catholic Church, permanent deacon, been a deacon for about eight years. I'm the director of religious education at my local parish. I write a few magazine articles. I do some video stuff, you know, and I'm thinking, wow. So let me look back at where I came from Mm -hmm. and see if I can see a pattern like Moses would have said maybe on the day before he died. This is going to be good. Well, you know, it's not going to be maybe as good as you want it to be. I can can make it talk. I'll talk about, uh, you know, climbing Mount Everest and all these great things I did, which I didn't do. Just teasing. I didn't do that. In fact, I think I lived the life of mediocrity at the beginning. You know, I was like, I was born and raised Catholic. I wasn't really particularly a good Catholic. Right. I might even say I was a bad Catholic. I didn't really believe all that stuff. I didn't believe Jesus was in that little cookie. Uh, You know, I didn't have any desire to tell anything that was personal about myself that might have been bad to any other human being. So you wouldn't see me in a confessional. In fact, the last time I'd gone to confession was preparing for my confirmation. And I think I was at that age, I was probably forced to do that because of peer pressure. And well, we're all going to confession now and there's father and we'll line up and go into the confessional, prepare for our confirmation. And that really was the last time. And that really wasn't a good experience for me, but uh, we, that's a whole nother story as well. Yeah. uh, In terms of how, um, you know, what a blessing it was and to come back to confession again, 25 years after that. But that's not my point here is that I really wasn't a great Catholic. Yeah. Right. But I did, I think I was a good person, mm-hmm. and I think I, I genuinely wanted good things to happen. And one of the ways in which I think I've determined that I was a good person, I really didn't get in trouble a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I, didn't, I would, didn't have problems with drugs or alcohol. Uh, we didn't, I didn't really do Thank a lot the of Lord, things. Right? I was not hanging around with the wrong people so much, and I was a pretty, I might have been a goody two-shoes, but I really was not very spiritual or religious at that point. Yeah. I would have identified myself as a Catholic, but I don't think... I would have been extremely religious at all and really didn't like going to church. But I think part of that comes from the fact that I just developed this love of old movies. Mm-hmm. And so we used to have a TV station. Uh, we still have Channel 3 in, in Memphis. And they used to have the thing called The Late Show. Then the, oh, la- yeah, then, the then the next one was The Late Late Show. Then it was yeah. The Late 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 Show. And basically they would just show movies all night. Yeah, and the next thing you know, it's right. morning. Exactly right. And so I used to stay up watching all these old black and white movies. I, I just loved being Crosby movies. I uh, loved Frank Sinatra. I mean, I, and I loved all these movies. And, and one of the things they had back then in all these things was really just happy endings. Yeah. Everything was sort of uh, maybe overly dramatic, but there was just, things ended well. And it just there wasn't a lot of depression. It was, it was happiness. Right. And, and I longed for that. I liked that. And so I try to make that happen in my life. So they were a positive, I think, influence on me and making me kind of a, a good person. But I started to study film and how it was made, mm-hmm. which you know was kind of neat to understand film. So I took some film classes, and I ended up going to college and majoring in that. Mm-hmm. Now, parallel that, still my bad Catholicism, didn't go to church much at all. And, and we had a broken home, and so mom and dad split up. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's always a tough thing on a kid. Yep. Right, so there just wasn't a lot there for me in terms of my spiritual development, um, but I started to see all that stuff and just kind of just move along. It's like this is me moving along. So I pursued this film and video kind of knowledge thing and, and started 
and ended up becoming a film and video producer. I left college, went to work for a video production company, uh, and, and I guess fairly successful in film and video production. I was a producer, a writer, a director, a camera guy. I knew how to get all the sound stuff. I knew how to craft like a message, a video. I could, I could help people see something they didn't see before or do something they, they, they weren't thinking they were going to do before until they saw this thing. So to help people to see a new way of doing things or whatever. So I got into like training and I got into like messaging and things like that. Not so much TV commercials like selling something so much as it was like enlightening people. Yep. Well, I learned to do that. You know, and of course it was all secular. And I was teaching people how to load a 727 cargo aircraft yeah. or telling people that they needed to donate their marrow, you know, for, to benefit kids with leukemia. And, I, and, I, and, I, and so I started doing these things. And really what was interesting is like in this process, as I'm kind of doing that, I meet this wonderful girl mm-hmm. who, nudge, nudge, will be my wife. Right. I'm just going to give you a little uh, spoiler alert. Uh, I meet Bess. We were in both film and video production at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we fell in love and we got married. And lo and behold, she was a good Catholic girl. <laughs> she didn't know necessarily why the Catholic Church taught what she did. Mm-hmm. She believed it. She was good and faithful. And she really was the, the rock of Catholicism in our family. Yeah. And I started to see that. And, and, uh, just really, that was beautiful, but I kind of fell away from my faith because there came to be this moment where it's like, we're different. We're not on the same page. But I realized, and it's a long story about me kind of falling out and saying, I got, I got a hole in my heart. None of this other stuff is going to fill it. Right. And so I needed Jesus and started to search for the true Jesus, the true church. Mm-hmm. Right. My wife is saying, it's right here. It's the Catholic Church. You're an idiot. Why don't you listen to me? She didn't say that, but she prayed for me a lot. I'm She's sure. like my St. Monica. She was just praying for me. And, uh, and the reality is, long story short, is I started researching and studying for the true church. And intellectually, I found historically through the church fathers that it was the Catholic church. Right. And so I just was reinvigorated in my faith. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so stop and think. Oh, I, I see what the is my history? Now. You know, I see it. it's 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 movies. It's it's messaging. It's media understanding production. production. And like somehow in all this process, while my wife was instrumental in leading me home back to the Catholic Church, she was also my rock to my faith. But at the same time, this film and video production background. So now I feel like this, my, my charism is to teach, is to talk, is to evangelize, is to share. And so I've been teaching RCIA in the, as, as, as a deacon, leading people into the church. And, and, and then also this idea of just being able to use media mm-hmm. to spread the gospel, to share the gospel. And lo and behold, here is the Catholic Cafe. There you go. Right? And, and the Catholic Cafe has kind of taken off. We're on all these great stations. We love uh, EWTN and Relevant Radio and Ave Maria and Guadalupe. We love all these radio networks. We love all the independent stations that carry this program. But it's not just about this program being on that station, right, and someone hearing that message. It's about God preparing me over my life. Mm-hmm. The, the 40 years here, the 40 years here, I'm not 120, but you see these 40s. Are, they're symbolic numbers for this period of my life. Right where I maybe I had everything kind of going pretty well, but then everything kind of crashed. And am I done? Am I washed up? And then I found this kind of hope or whatever here. And for this forty years, God's preparing me to be a messenger. Right. Right. But at the same time, He's preparing me by saying, "Hey, don't get too far away from this Catholic Church. You're going to come back to this later." You know, I didn't know that, Mm-mm. but now I do. There you go. That's the epiphany. And so I'm sitting there thinking, "Holy cow! Wow! Boop!" But I had a VH. <laughs> you know, hit myself in the forehead and realized that. 
this is all a product of that. And, and, and Catholic Cafe is doing really well, and there's more to come. We're going to be busting in the video world here pretty soon. And, and, uh, and it so, missed, so I got a question. So yeah. what do you say to the people out there that are in various spots in their lives right now? Because there's, the, there's folks right now in that first segment of their life where they're just in the secular world or whatever they're in, and they can't even see it. And then there are folks that are past that, and I probably asked a question that's going to take a no, whole show. It's, no, it's a fantastic question because you read my mind. That's where, where I was going. Is like if you're out there listening right now, yeah, and you're you're thinking maybe a cuss word that involves a bull, right? And you're thinking <laughs> that's not me. He doesn't know my life. He doesn't know where I am. And some people may be in good places. Some people may be in very bad places. Some people right. have kids that have fallen away. People have all these different things. And just to realize that God is present in our lives. And stop and think. Review your life. What is God preparing you for? Ask him. That's a huge. That is a that is a huge thing. Now, maybe you don't ask him. Maybe you look at your own life and realize, wait a second, I've got a love of this. This feels this feels good here, and you start to realize all these things in your life, even the hurts, even the pains, right. prepare you to counsel someone else. Mm-hmm. Right, they prepare you to deal with a situation in a way you've never had to deal with before, and you suddenly realize God's been here the whole time, and He's preparing me for something big. Yeah, right. And just like the length of our lives, we we pray that we come soon to the Easter mysteries, to the glories of the resurrection, and and the and the wonderment that is God. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, in your own life, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I'm telling you now that God is preparing you for something. Mm-hmm. You may be in the middle of it, of that preparation. But it's right around the corner. So prepare, prepare yourself or be prepared to welcome God, to accept, weave these things that are happening in your life, either the, the sorrow and the grief and the sadness, but also the joys, your loves, your desires. God is going to use those things for That's something good spectacular. Stuff. Jeff. Good yeah. stuff. It's all about having that story. So the question is, what is your story? Tom, you've got a story. Yep. I've told you mine. Everyone listening out here has a story. They do. And, and you're invested in it. It's your life. Mm-hmm. What is your story? Pray and ask God that question. Amen. Biggest question of your life, isn't it? Amen. Yes, well, that's, sir. that's why we're here, to bring those big questions to folks. There you go. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, God of history, God for today and God forever, you've always been with us and have always watched over us. We thank you for the story of our lives. For you reveal yourself and your purpose for each of us in this story. Help us to know this story and lead us always into your divine will. We ask this to Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And the Father and Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.